Hello there, and welcome into another episode of Mile High Hot Takes. I'm your host, Baylor, joined as always by my co-host, Connor. And today we have a roundup for you. We're going to talk a little bit of Avalanche. We're going to talk about the Nuggets. We're going to hit on some Rockies as well before this thing is over. So go ahead and sit tight and let's get into it. All right, Connor, the Avalanche. Let me just, I'm going to read you a couple things real quick for the Avs, and I'll let you go ahead and just kind of give me your thoughts about what you've been seeing since we last talked about them about a week ago. Sure. So the Avs are currently, as we're recording this, playing against the Capitals. Um, So keep in mind, we don't know the results of that game, and everything we talk about um, is going to be... Based on everything. Based before. on everything before. Yeah. Um, we will cover the... Um, I'll probably talk about the uh, Washington game a little bit in uh, the power play I do, and we'll relate release probably on Wednesday. Uh, but for now, let's just talk about stuff before the game that's going on. The Avs are on a nine-game win streak. They are 14-1-1 in their last 16 contests. They have nine home wins in a row and 10 11 12 game point streak at home so a lot of different things going on here for the abs not um, a lot of losing though not a lot of losing very little losing actually so uh what what do you uh what are your thoughts here on the abs oh they've also clinched first seed they're they're really good um with uh, they clinched the first seed in the West with seven games remaining in the season. Well, I mean, seven games. Playoffs aren't starting for a couple weeks. Got to keep yourself fresh. Do what you can to avoid injuries, but obviously play, right? Like, you're not trying to go 50% for these last two weeks because that doesn't do anyone any good. I think it'll be a lot of mix and matching seeing like oh maybe we can get a little creative with this line here we because we know generally what the team's gonna look like right yes going into the playoffs so it's gonna be a lot about staying healthy staying fresh make sure you're doing the fundamentals right i think in moments like this massively important because what are we really playing for president's trophy yes and there's only and, one team we're competing against for that right now. And even there, it's just kind of a pride thing. So in times like this, maybe the mentals can slip up a little bit. And the easy things, you start getting a little bit lazy. Don't form any bad habits going into the postseason. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel like definitely staying healthy. Definitely just tweaking the little things, figuring out different line combinations to try in case something's not working in the playoffs. Um, I do like the idea of just having like, here, here's the lineup that we're going in the playoff with. But if that doesn't work out, like I, I know that if I move Nathan and need to, or if you need to like double shift Nathan, to play better with the third or the fourth line. Yeah, exactly. Like where does exactly figuring out those, those little, little things, things so so you have ideas to get a spark or get the momentum back if you need that at any point. Yeah, and you're not you're not just winging it going in. I think that's really important. Um. Yeah. The. I'd really like the presidents, obviously. Uh, when it comes down to it, if we're in a Stanley Cup final against Florida, and it comes down to a game seven, I'd really like 
to be at home for that game seven, especially after what I just said. I mean, their home record this year is, um, it's unbelievable what they've been able to do at home. And I like that the crowd has been electric all year and it gives the boys the pep in the step. And yeah, I mean, if you don't want to play game seven of any series at home, like, I don't care about the president's trophy curse. I really don't because that's because that's coincidence. It's coincidence. I mean, if it comes down to it, every single player in the NHL, every single coach in the NHL, everybody that has their head screwed on correctly wants game seven. Wants game at seven home. at home, regardless of where you are in the playoffs. So yep. the higher the seed you can get. I mean, we're obviously locked into home ice advantage all the way up until the final, and the only team in the league that potentially could take that from us in the finals is Florida. But if they don't make it to the finals, you know, that's our, that's our home ice advantage. So, you know, it's, it's tough. It's definitely that balance. Uh, Bednar seems to be letting people that are a little bit bumped and bruised like Devon Tace, who has some minor stuff he's trying to work through. Um, you know, he's getting scratched for the next four games. Um, Kadri was supposed to be good to go for this Capitals game. He's scratched as well. Um, EJ is a healthy scratch. Uh, Bednar is really trying to give those players that play the physical minutes and get banged up some time. Well, should. You have any some time sort to of like lingering thing or any small tweak not the time to push it right now not at all a risk worth taking so i mean from my perspective wins obviously are gonna be awesome try to set like some franchise records and just shatter some point total records do some cool stuff like that kind of keep yourself motivated but right now eyes eyes are forward here's the postseason. Here's a fun stat for you. Um, the Avs are 51 and 9 in their last 60 home games. If you don't want to play, if you don't want to play that game, if you, I don't care what the argument it is, like home ice is really important, especially in the playoffs. It really is. Um, generally, the better team will win, but man. <laughs> I can't, I'd like to tell you that the Avs are the better team than Florida right now, but Florida just won their 11th or I think their 11th straight game last night. They beat, uh, or on Sunday night, they beat the Wings six to one for their, I mean, they're, they're absolutely, they're an absolute truck right now. They're a runaway train and nothing can stop Florida, similar to how nobody can stop the Avs. But again, I just can't see that team not making it to the finals, which is why I really want that home ice advantage. But I kind of think that mentality is a little... You get yourself in trouble, kind of, if you're trying to worry about what Florida's doing. Do your thing. Put yourself in the best possible position, which means home ice, obviously, but it also means health. And wins are great, but... Focus on your game, small things that we can improve. Make sure our power play is still efficient. Make sure our PK is working well, and the rest will come with it. I think it's a really dangerous game to, especially if the players start doing it, thinking about, oh, if if we're in the cup, we want Florida at home. Like, obviously, you know that, but 
getting that far ahead and assuming we're going to be there or they're going to be there can get you into some trouble. Absolutely. Um, I would like to quickly talk about just the central division and standings across the league as a whole. Um, so as we know, the Avs are sitting at 116 points going miles clear 116 points at the moment next closest team is obviously florida at 114 and then there's a 10 point difference for the third place team in the league who is toronto at 106 um as far as the western conference goes st louis is sitting at 102 points and minnesota well then it's calgary at 101 tied with minnesota at 101 but calgary has the tiebreaker so as far as the Western Conference goes, there's no one close. That being said, the Avalanche, Blues, and the Wild are on an absolute tear right now. The, th- the three teams are a combined 24-1-5 and five over their last 30 games. One regulation loss for all three of these teams in their last 10 games. And three of those regulation losses or overtime losses happened in a game that was between two of those three teams. Between one of the matchups? Yes. That makes the first round of playoffs really exciting. I mean, it's definitely going to be St. Louis and Minnesota because Dallas is 10 points behind Minnesota in fourth in the central. So... I mean, as far as seeding goes in the central, it's pretty locked up. Um, Calgary is in firm control of the Pacific. and Have Ed- been almost all year, too. Mm-hmm. And Edmonton and the Kings are both locked Fight. in. They're locked? They're, they're fighting for 2-3, though, right? They're both locked into 2 or 3. Huh. And Edmonton has uh, a four-point lead on the Kings with a game in hand. So... That's going to be a tough one for the Kings to catch up to. Uh, But the next team in the Pacific is Vegas, and they have 87 points. So the tough thing is for Vegas is Vegas needs three points to tie the Kings. There's three points behind the Kings, Mm -hmm. and they have to get a third-place seed, essentially, because... Dallas and Nashville are a full four points in front of them for both wildcard spots. So technically, both Dallas and Nashville in the wildcard spots have more points than the third place Pacific team, which is the Kings, which it always blows me away. So the Central might have five teams. It, yeah, it blows me away anytime a wildcard team has more points than one of a the division three division lots. winners. So, um, you know, the Western Conference is kind of crazy, and um, I'm just really glad the Avs don't have to deal with that down yeah, the stretch. We, we don't have to jockey for anything. We're nope, it's comfortable ours. in our 14-point gap between us and the next person in our division. Yeah, comfortably atop the, the league, sitting on the throne. The Avs are still have not gone above 20 total losses on the year, including overtime. They are 55, 14, and 6, so clean 20 L's on the season, including overtime, and that's just unreal. It's a lot of winning. It's unreal. I mean, for perspective, St. Louis has a combined 30 losses. 20 
regulation 10 overtime. It's a lot of winning, and I like it. It's it's just it's unbelievable what they're able to accomplish on a nightly basis. Um, who do you want? What were your ideal matchups kind of through this thing? I don't care. That's I what, don't care. I think we're good enough to beat anybody. And once you start picking and choosing matchups, you're thinking more about the other team and who they are instead of just thinking about who we are. And if you think about, if you just simply think about who we are and we play our game, we're better than everybody. Okay. So our three potential first round matchups mm-hmm. are Vegas, Nashville, and Dallas. You don't have any preference? Those are the only three teams we could potentially play. I don't like Dallas because I don't like Dallas. I mean, I guess technically we could also play the Kings if Vegas somehow knocks them out and the Kings bump either Dallas or Nashville. I wouldn't mind waxing Vegas, but that is no, that is zero to do with how we match up. That is entirely. I would take great enjoyment. I think from if I think trashing if we beat, Vegas, I think that if would we feel beat really good Dallas. I think if we beat Dallas, that would be a huge confidence boost for those that lost to Dallas in the bubble. Yeah, that Dallas series was tough. But there's there's something I, I would thoroughly enjoy stomping Vegas in the first round. And I thoroughly enjoy stomping Nashville. I thoroughly enjoy stomping Dallas. I hate all of those teams. Do I think one of those teams proposes more of an opposition? Not too terribly much they all are good in their own thing uh vegas and dallas are definitely more physical than nashville so maybe take nashville for a hopefully you get less beat up but it's postseason hockey you're gonna get beat up exactly so at that point you're just kind of nitpicking i think the only team in the entire league that i'm a little that i am a little nervous about is florida maybe Tampa but that's just because we know Tampa can play in the postseason as they've done the 16 game journey the last two years so yeah they uh they know how to win and they are experienced and if you, you obviously there. you're not going to play them until the finals and if you get Tampa in the finals looking for a third consecutive cup that might be a little scary uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the only two teams in the league that I think can legitimately hang with the Avs across seven games. And those are the only teams that I think could potentially push it to seven games. I think every other team, absolute best case scenario for them is an out in six against the if Avs. If we play our game and do our thing, the last thing we need is a, a series where, like, against Vegas last year where game one game two we thoroughly dominated not thoroughly dominated but we played really well played our game and then we're forced into not like we didn't play the way we could that Vegas series was really tough though because in my opinion those were the two best regular season teams they were that year and to catch that in the second round but it doesn't matter um, when you meet them. You're going to have to beat them eventually. No, no, I understand. And I just I just think that that's, that's really difficult to deal with as a whole um, because it was the second round, and that was the third year in a row in the second round. Like, if that was... like, And also the difference is... 
this the main difference here and the whole reason i really brought that brought up the um brought that up is it's just like there's something different this year yes i understand that like i was hype on this team last year i was like it's the cup last year i was like it's the cup it's our cup this year no way does vegas beat us in seven um especially after we went up in that series um but the thing is this year it's just it feels so different like going into that vegas series well there's no question i was like i was like i I was like i was like vegas can definitely beat us in a series Mm -hmm. do i think they will no i don't think they will but i know they are very capable of doing so and they did i legitimately in the western conference do not have any team in the western conference that can hang with the avalanche in seven games yep and it's just different it's a different feeling this year it's we thoroughly dominated a bunch of different teams and we've won many different ways against like some we've beaten some of the same teams in a completely different way we've been able to beat someone we beat calgary 2-1 what was that yeah, I mean, a while ago. When I mean, we, we the, the last, the last two, the last two Calgary, the la- all the Calgary games this year have honestly been really solid. Yeah, so we can beat high scoring. We can keep high scoring teams to low goal total totals and be just fine, or we can wax them. Yeah, and that's one of the things I have said all year. Though is this team has shown me all year they can win every single type of game there is to win or lose the close games where they're high scoring close games the close games where they're low scoring close games the close games where you make them close well after being down four to one you got the blowout wins you've got everything every type of way you can win a game the abs have done it this year which gives you comfort there's no way to put there's no way shooters have won it shooters have won I believe we the shooter we've had ones where like the shooters won us a shootout, and then the most recent and then and then the most recent shootout against Edmonton, Darcy shut down Connor McDavid, Leon Drysidle, and whoever took their third shot. Yeah, just shut all three of them down, and Nathan was the only person who scored for us, but it didn't matter. Like every single way there is to win or lose a game, the Avs have won that type have won that type of game so i'm confident that there's not anything any team can throw at the avs that will put them in an uncomfortable situation and i think when the avs are playing that comfortable brand of hockey they're just there isn't a better team on the planet i mean we're just better i think with the win last uh the last win they had before the capitals game again we don't know the results of that one um I think that put them within the top 30 of best NHL teams of all time as far as point total goes. And we still got a good chunk. And there's still seven games left, so we can definitely climb up that ladder. Break some records. Records. I don't I don't I don't think we can get the best season of all time. Um but I we might be able to crack the top ten of best NHL seasons of all time by a team. Any team. I'll take it. Watch yourself some avalanche, but we do have some active playoffs going on at Ball Arena right now, so why don't we switch gears and talk about some nuggies?
All right, our Nuggets are playing Golden State tonight. Tonight is game two. Oh yeah, that's so right. let, let's uh, disclaimer preface, preface that. Definite disclaimer here. Um, we are about ten minutes from tip off of game two at the time of recording this, so all of our discussion will be prior to. Um, Albeit barring any like unforeseen upset type thing. I let's just get this out there. I do not think the Nuggets are going to win tonight. I Game don't two will not be won by the Nuggets. I I would agree, and that's um, again that's speculative. We haven't watched the game, um, yep. so so barring if the Nuggets do, winning, if we do win, I'm I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> yep, barring a win for the Nuggets, the uh, analysis I think. Even if we win, I think my opinions on the series don't really change. I don't know about yours. I don't know. Um, I said if the Nuggets want any shot in this series at all, they need to steal one of these first two games. And after watching their effort in the first game, I just don't think that they are going to pull that off, pull off the win tonight. Uh, again, things could change. You know, if they do win a game, they might be able to win a second one. Uh, but I think that's best case scenario is a 4-2 exit, six games. Um, but, you know, if the Nuggets lose tonight, I would not be surprised if they get swept. Um, they had a terrible home record. The Warriors are good. Yep, and the Nuggets had a terrible home record. And, and, and we knew the Warriors were going to be good this year. We just didn't. And when we played them in regular season, they never had their big three. They didn't have everybody. And Obviously, neither did we, but they were missing all of their big three. It wasn't even like they just had one like we do. They had Steph for a matchup or two, um, and also no one. And I mean, one. no. They had Steph for one, yeah. It's only one. And all I don't. I all I know is we knew who Steph is. We know generally the player Draymond Green is. No one knew exactly what type of Clay Thompson was going to come back, and not a single soul on thought Jordan Poole was going to be what he has been all year. Which is Nuts. a very, very good player. Which is very scary to be on Golden State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, for anyone who has to play Golden State, that is horrifying. But for Golden State and Jordan Poole himself, like that's awesome. Dude's a stud, came out of nowhere and dropped 30 on us in game one. It's unreal. He's unreal. I've actually, you know, I, most people hate Golden State. Um, the only reason I like them is because I think they're incredibly entertaining to watch play. Oh, they're so fun when they're moving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's been somebody I've really enjoyed watching play this year. Um, so we're going to just go ahead and say Jamal's not playing. And if he does, I'm going to be pissed. MPJ isn't going to be playing despite what some reports said he might. Um, if he plays, I'm going to be pissed at this point. We just need to ride out this series. Um, if somehow they get a miracle and win it or push it to a game seven and one of them wants to come back. Sure. But at this point in time, no need. I want them both a hundred percent for next season because Jamal's injury has now put a knife through two full seasons. There is because even though he played that last season, as soon as he went down, our genuine season shot, was over. It was over. And that's unfortunately 
just kind of the world of sports. To it's be the honest. world of sports, and since he didn't play at all this entire year, it just it's just too much like it's too much for this team to overcome in the sport that they're playing and nicola can't do it all and we we've known that so for as much as he tries for he tries for a nugget win he's gonna have to have a great game but we need some of the role players to step up but that's the difference in the nba and the thing is role players for stars role players the three ball the last two um, the last two months of the season has been next to non-existent and that's when you that's what I think we need from those role players I think we need somebody who can hit an, a wide open a wide open three they need to be able to hit it with some sort of consistency because Joker doesn't shoot the three ball that's not his game well that's what makes the difference between role players and like full-blown stars is the consistent aspect of it like nicola is gonna do nicola things you're gonna imagine 25 ish points from him a bunch of rebounds making a bunch of plays but we need one of the other guys to step up with 20 or all of them to step up with 10 15 points but when you're asking for five other dudes to play above their baseline, I guess. Yeah. That's a lot to ask. It is. And, well, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it, they, with, with a player like Joker, with, with like Joker, I know, I just, I always want to say Jokic and I want to say Joker and then I combine them and I say Jokic and it's incorrect. Makes you think of tennis. Uh, exactly. And then I'm sure everybody that's a Nuggets fan wants to crucify me because national media can't pronounce his name. But that for me is a Freudian slip, not a, I don't know how to, I'm not Barkley calling him Joe Kitchick. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, but no one can make fun of Charles. Dude. Char- so Charles I know, is I untouchable. Know. But so the thing is about Joker all you need for him to be just an absolute beast in the paint or you know from short range don't let him get double teamed every no, single and time and, and how do you do that make make your make open looks your open looks and that's what i'm saying it's like if i'm not i don't need monte morris to have 15 points but if he can get me 11 to 12 and two or three of those are or a wide open three or a deep two People are going to be forced to pick him up in the game, which gives Joker the space he needs to run the offense more efficiently and even put more boards in himself. It, it'll it give you more offensive rebounds because you're clearing the paint out. And it's the same thing from Will Barton. If Will Barton can't hit a three, like if Will Barton shows that he can't hit, hit his three tonight, oh, people just going to sag pe- off people and not just, care. People will let him. Because they know he'll shoot, and if he's not hitting it, they know he's not going to pass it or look for another play. They know he's just going to try to shoot his way out of everything. And and that's the and that's unfortunate and, 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 and part and of then, where we're and at then, this and then year. If, but the thing is, I'm I know it's hard to ask people to hit threes consistently, but I'm not saying to hit threes consistently. I'm saying I need you to acknowledge how you're playing, acknowledge what you should and shouldn't be doing. If you're not hitting your threes tonight, make them do something else. Push in, get close. If they're giving you the space, I don't care if it's a three. I'd rather you get two points than no points. 
go into the paint, drive, go for a layup, find a kick out, anything to move the ball and do anything other than throwing a brick. The last thing I want, though, is to see I, I, lack of effort slash just, ah, well, we're not going to win anyway. The, I, I don't think anyone on this team the, is Well, screw it mentality. I'm talking for the whole series. I don't want to see that at all. If we're down 3-0, last quarter, fourth quarter of game four, and we're down, still don't throw in the towel. I want to see the maximum effort. You've played so hard all year. You, in my mind, have overachieved. You've absolutely... The Nuggets, and that's one thing that I always have to keep telling myself, is the Nuggets, just by getting into that sixth seed and getting themselves a guaranteed series have overachieved yep based on their situation on the way this season has unfolded we have overachieved and i think nuggets fans need to appreciate that appreciate the effort and i just hope that stays i mean if you can get the end of the year if you can get a succeed and be competitive with just about anyone in the league with the team that we had just wait until you're healthy man it's gonna come together it's a, it's a big what if it will come together it just won't be this year. How long has it been since you've been alive and been a Nuggets fan? For me, I probably started being a Nuggets fan somewhere around 10. So it's been 15 years I've been waiting. I mean, I know that there are some people out there that are in their 50s, 60s, maybe even 7. I don't know how long Nuggets been around. Since before the merger. Yeah, I mean... There, there are lots of people that have waited their whole lives. People that have been invested in the Nuggets for close to three decades or more. Like it just, it will come together, and this is one of the best shots. This is one of the best rosters that the Nuggets have seen in their history. It will, we will have a legitimate run. I don't know about a championship with this exact roster. But will be competitive. If for this exact, if this roster is healthy, they will make deep playoff runs. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. So enjoy the playoff basketball. Absolutely, it's good experience for all those. I mean, think about like Bones. I mean, he's an exciting player that we can't wait to see more of. You think having four playoff games minimum in his first season isn't beneficial to him of course it is probably probably helps a little bit of course it's beneficial and especially in one where if he messes up ultimately nobody's gonna look at him and be like you cost us the championship you know yeah you know if all things were right he wouldn't be playing that'll be good and it'll be this this is a launching pad forward i think and it is really kind of a pessimistic attitude that we have no chance this Warriors team is legitimately just better at this moment in time so stay competitive I hope they're not 30 point games every single time that'd be an unfortunate way to go but I I think we got maybe a game maybe we can steal one maybe two get it interesting just enjoy it while you got it that's what I gotta say. Try to find the silver linings for sure, and uh, we always look forward to next year. Hello.
Hello, Mile High Hot Takes fans. This is your producer, Alex, and I wanted to tell you about another show that I produce called Deep Dive. It's a music plus talk show that guides you through some of the greatest albums of all time, and it's exclusively on Spotify. You'll be able to listen to an iconic album along with the story of the album in between the songs. Search for Deep Dive Albums or click the link in this episode's description. Well, it is that time of year again that the Colorado Rockies will start making their way back into our Mile High Roundup episodes, which is exciting because um, the Rockies were playing when we started this podcast. And um, still are playing. They, no. No, no, no I don't mean oh, this episode. Oh, I, get, I got you. You're I, I meant like, I meant like when, we started, when we started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 when we yeah, yeah. started in August. Um you know, the Rockies were playing, but they just weren't doing much that we needed to talk about other than going for the best home record and worst road record at the same time. Um, that, that is honestly the but, most Rockies. But, but neither thing. of them ended up happening, which is also ironically the most Rockies thing because even something you shouldn't be able to do. Something, to something's yeah. happening and then you just... You just you can't, can't get you, it over you, the line. You, you can't even you can't even do that right. You can't even mess up right type of thing. Um, Love them. Anyway, uh, what a great start. Um, we I will go ahead just like the last two segments. It just I find it very strange that the three teams we decided to talk about are all playing on the same night at the same time as at the time of recording this segment. The Rockies, Avs, and Nuggets are all actively playing. Uh, right now, the Nuggets tip off hard. Um, they should. Um, so <laughs> I have to say one more time: we do not know anything about the Phillies Rockies series. It is a three-game series. Um, the last one of a seven-game homestand. Um, so we don't know anything about the Phillies series. We're just going to go ahead and talk about everything beforehand, which is the opening series against the Dodgers, which the Rockies won two to one. Mm-hmm. The second series of their year, which was a two-gamer two down against the Rangers, swept that. And then they split a four-game series, 2-2, two, two, with the Cubbies here at home. And that puts us at a nice six and three, I believe, right? Yeah, this is right. Six and three and Hey, I expect to get swept by the Dodgers. So the fact that we um, have three losses and only one of them is to the Dodgers, I will absolutely take that. So a couple things about the Rockies. Good start. Seems like they always always have a good start to the season, though. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It's always exciting watching early Rockies baseball. Which I do like because it's not like... You know, sometimes the Lions or Jags fans who know their season's over before it starts, at least they at, give at us... At least I get my hopes up to get let Exactly, down. exactly. Yeah. They give us a little bit of something to work with to start the year. It's not just boringness for and it's always good. And it's always games. good to win your opening home series. Like, a lot of energy, big crowds. Especially against the Dodgers, man. That's really, great. Really good stuff. Uh, beyond that Dodgers series, Cubs aren't supposed to be anything special this year and neither are the Rangers. So 
hard to kind of measure up where we stand. And I know it's not good measuring. It's two weeks in. It's also way too early. I mean, yeah. So someone might piece together a season that you didn't expect anyway. But we're two weeks in, looking pretty good, playing decent baseball. Uh, The pitching has been well above my expectations, which is a good sign. Yeah, with the exception of Kyle Freeland for me. Yeah, but Kyle's... He's, he's 0-2 at the moment. He was given opening day mound, which to me means this is our guy. This well, is it's Kyle guy. or Herman. That's who it is. And I agree, and I... Especially after watching both of their first couple games, Herman looks great. When Herman was an all-star, and, we know he's a stud. And my issue with Kyle is you take away his one his one Cy Young The one where he posted like season. a sub three ERA was winning everything. Yeah. Was if you take balling. that if you take that season out, I know he's young and it's not fair to do that. But there just hasn't been much there. He's been average at best. Well there was the season after his stud season, I think he started pretty tough. And then, I don't know, baseball is such a mental sport. If you get in your head, like it's, it's really hard to perform. So I think he just needs maybe, I don't know, maybe he's putting too much pressure on himself. Maybe it was a one-off. Who knows? But there's still a lot of talent in the dude. Oh, Absolutely. I, and that's the thing. If this was a dude that I thought that was a one-off and he couldn't ever do that again, I wouldn't even be talking about it right now. I would just be like, yeah, whatever. He's a bum. What I'm saying and the reason I bring it up and I want to talk about it is because baseball is such a long season. You cannot do what he did for the entirety of a season on accident. And be lucky. On accident. You just can't. You just can't accidentally do that the talent is objectively there and he has shown us that it's there and he's shown us he has the ability to string it together multiple games in a row it's just frustrating because we haven't seen it in a few seasons and he shows flashes absolutely but then he shows flashes equally or in the opposite direction in the opposite direction but not exceptional pitching has been something I have grown accustomed to as a Rockies fan. That is, for the majority of my life, been the downfall to this team. And it's good to see so far, like we said, three series in, good work for the, from the bullpen. Oh, we, yeah. Bullpen's been lights out really good stuff from them and consistency which non-existent in years past yep yep i'm excited which is something i haven't been able to say about baseball mm-hmm. since probably the start of last year so of course that's makes me happy early season we got some power on the team so there there will be some exciting rockies baseball wins or not the bats will be able to provide some entertainment so Absolutely. it should be a good good year good little kickstart here we should hopefully 
be able to put a month or two together of decent baseball and set ourselves up nicely for the middle of summer and see if we can't make a little bit of noise. Really just got to get as many wins in as we can before that yearly June slump. Yep. Yeah, it's ridiculously consistent. consistent. Yeah. Every year. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited to go to Coors Field. I'm excited um, to watch the Avs run. Um, I will do my best to enjoy my Nuggets basketball for at least three more games that we get it. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate every single one of you for listening all the way to the end here. Um, just want to give you a quick little primer on what to expect content wise after this episode um we'll have nhl power play coming out sometime midweek as well as we will have robert come back on our show and uh he will help us do some draft stuff because that is quickly approaching and um yeah outside of you know a couple of the big trades there hasn't been much football talk in the offseason uh, but it's about that time where it picks up a little bit before it dies down again until training camp. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. And we appreciate every single one of you. And we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mile High Hot Takes. For more content, check us out on Twitter at 5280HotTakes. Got feedback for us? Send an email to 5280HotTakes at gmail.com. Mile High Hot Takes is produced by Enchilarga Productions. Oh, thank you.